for the Redbird Report podcast with the TV voice of the cards, Danny Mack, and Cards World Series champion Brad Thompson on 101 ESPN. With Brad Thompson, I'm Dan McLaughlin. It's our podcast on 101 ESPN as we're talking everything baseball and Cardinals baseball. And Brad, there's so much to get into. The last time we visited, we were talking about Albert Pujols, and now we're really getting into the the nuts and bolts of what this signing has meant for the Cardinals. I can tell you it's meant a lot in ticket sales. It's already meant a lot inside that clubhouse. It's been amazing how of a brief of a time that he's been here, but the tentacles of the signing and what it means for this organization has been pretty amazing. Look, Dan, I look no further than he is in the lineup one day and they score 29 runs. I, mean, I think that's, <laughs> that's something to expect day in and day out with Albert Pools in your lineup. But you're, you're absolutely right. The presence of that guy being there and the, the great part about Albert, and I know that you and Jimmy talked about this uh, on the broadcast last night, uh, Albert isn't just going to be there to be there. He's not just going to walk in and just like, oh, that's Albert. How cool is that? No, Albert's also going to spend time with guys and he's going to teach and he's going to be there to contribute. Like the thing is with Albert, while he did sell tickets and he will continue to, and I can't wait for opening day and all of the milestones that he's got an opportunity to hit this year. It's much more than that. Dude wants to contribute and he still can contribute at a big league level. So there is just so much knowledge on, on that team. If you are a young player and you come away from this season, you look back and say, man, I didn't really learn anything. Shame on you because you have a wealth of knowledge, first of all, on your staff. Second of all, with Albert, with Wayno, with Yachty, there is so much baseball information there. And it's a good chance that it's the last year we get to see these three guys play the game of baseball. Boy, take advantage of that if you're a teammate. Absolutely. I mean, I I told the story the other day where there was young guys that were dressed. They'd showered, dressed in street clothes. They're getting ready to leave. This is Albert's first day. Albert goes with Yachty into the cage. And the guys say, well, wait a minute, hold on. They go back in the clubhouse, put on their uniform, and go into the cage just to watch uh, Yachty and Albert. So the impact is being felt with that unquestionably. Now, I want to go back to last night. Drew Verhagen made the start, three innings, seven runs. Uh, Jazz Chisholm got him for the the grand slam. You saw Jorge Soler, bases clearing a double that scored three. So a couple of big hits got to him. But the problem for me, Brad, last night was, in, in a way, his lack of control. He, he was always dealing with runners on. That was number one. So we never really saw him not pitch out of the stretch, it seemed like. And he was pitching from behind. And I think his stuff is good enough to play here. It'll be interesting how it plays against lefties, which is, I think, the big question for me going into this, and his transformation from Japan back into the United States and playing Major League Baseball. But I do think his stuff plays, and I did see him break off some some uh, breaking balls that were very, very good. Spin rate, very high. I looked at that later. So it, it, it can play. I, I would imagine, though, it's a feeling out process for him and just trying to get comfortable back in and pitching here in Major League Baseball and the idea, too, that he's competing for the fifth job. So that's something to keep in mind as well. 
No, it is for sure. And that's a, that's the point I was going to bring up. It is a feeling out process. You're trying to get things going, but you're trying to grab a hold of a job and falling behind in counts. He had three walks in the game last night, too. Like, that's that's not the way to do it. And I totally agree that Drew Verhagen, the stuff is there. I mean, he's got good life on his fastball, spots up the breaking ball, has an idea of what he's doing out there. But I don't care what team you're playing against. If you end up falling behind and getting in bad counts, there's going to be bad things that come out of it. I did like the breaking ball as well. We, we talked. Uh, we were talking about that before we started the podcast. Probably should have gone to that bad boy a little bit earlier to get himself into counts. But I saw spots with Verhagen, who's not like a, a, a young guy. It's not that he has a ton of big league experience, but he's been around. You know, he, he's 31 years old. He looked like in spots, uh, you know, last night where. He'd get it, runners on, he'd fall behind in the count, and then he's just trying to throw the ball through a wall and just try to be perfect. Forget that. Just be you. Throw the ball down in the zone. Go out there and pitch. The guy's six six. He's got leverage down in the zone. Utilize that. So for Verhagen, his first couple of innings, his last start where you and I did it together, he was fantastic. I mean, the first couple of innings, I think the first inning was six pitches, a couple of ground outs. Next inning was I think 10 or 11 pitches and then he ended up giving a couple of solo shots up he fell behind after a long offensive inning for the cardinals the stuff is there for verhagen but here's the thing dan the cardinals really need someone to step up in that role they need someone to step up and multiple guys to step up within this rotation so the hope is that verhagen next time he's out there and he'll give one more outing i would think whether it's on the backfields or on the big stage Hopefully he makes some adjustments from that one. You know, I, I got burned this time last year. I said, boy, the Cardinals have enough pitching. They're, they're going to have enough pitching. If someone goes down or ineffectiveness, they're going to have enough pitching. And, Brad, they didn't have enough pitching. They needed to go out yeah. and get LeBlanc and Hap and Lester to, to finish up the season and moves that really did pay off. I, I'm in the same spot to an extent, but I'm approaching it with caution. I think they do have enough pitching. Uh, is it elite pitching? Are we talking DeGrom Scherzer? No, but does anybody have DeGrom Scherzer? Not many. Is it enough? Is I don't it deep even enough? I think the Mets have DeGrom Scherzer, Dan. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. But, uh, DeGrom's going in for the MRI on his shoulder. That's today. right. That's right. So the point is, if there's ineffectiveness with Verhagen or he goes into a bullpen role, there are others. Liberatore is going to pitch on the backfields today. Um, you've got Jake Woodford. There are some others that they like. I, I just would like to think that there's going to be enough pitching, especially early on, to cover some innings. Yeah, I would think so, too. The concern, though, Dan, as you very well know, is you need these innings through 162. That's so right. You might, have the, you might have the depth early on, and you might have guys in that bullpen that are very ready. And I, I am uh, – I'm very confident in the mix that they have in the bullpen. There are a lot of strong arms and a lot of arms that just aren't one inning and they're out. You got a lot of guys that can get extended and give you multiple innings. But the problem is you don't want to burn all of these pieces. Come middle of the summer, you're trying to make a, a push in late August, September. You need these guys to be healthy, too. So that's my main concern there. I, I believe that Woodford can step in and do the job. I'm really excited Whenever we see that maturation and the graduation of Matthew Liberator, who we've seen great stuff from, but there is that there is and should be that fear of how do we bridge that gap? How do we make sure we're not robbing Peter to pay Paul here, taking innings out of my bullpen or taking innings that are should be monitored in Memphis in AAA and pushing them right in? 
I, I really do think right now you still should be looking around. If there are some pieces that are available that can fill in, uh, maybe you're able to add some. But I would add this with with Verhagen. I should have brought this up a second ago as we were talking about him, and I, I know that you guys have talked about it before. Miles Michael has had a pretty darn bad spring his first year when the, the Cardinals signed him. And I remember talking to people and be like, who is this guy? Like, what, what, what is that? That does not look good. And then all of a sudden he just ends up being sixth in the Cy Young voting. I'm not saying that's exactly the trajectory of Drew Verhagen, but never uh, to use a Tony Larusa ism uh, never fall in love or out of love with a player in spring training. We'll let the regular season do the talking. One of the guys that is going to pitch out of the bullpen and I'm thrilled for him and man, does he look good? It's Jordan Hicks. Now he he's had a couple of outings already, Brad. So We've actually been doing the games that he's pitched in, and they really eased him, as you know, into spring training and, and into this camp. But yesterday, multiple innings. At least it was, I think, an inning and a third. So they wanted to see if he could get out and get you know one more out and, and did that. And he, he's throwing triple digits, and he's, he's inside the strike zone. He hasn't thrown many breaking balls. I'm not sure if I threw 105 that I would be throwing many breaking <laughs> balls either. There's no need, but he is blowing people away. He's efficient inside the strike zone, and he's got that run back too. It's it's just it's exciting to see what you have there, and that is a guy that can help you bridge the gap in the 6th, the 7th, the 8th, or even have him pitch the ninth. So that is definitely, without question, been one of the bright spots down here with the bullpen of the Cardinals. Yeah, I'm with you, man. And talk just starting with happy for the individual. Jordan Hicks is a guy, you know how hard Jordan works, but he's only thrown, uh, he's thrown 38 and two thirds in the last three years combined. I mean, that is not a heavy workload. He's had a lot of issues that he's trying to battle back from. I talked to him last week and he's just, He's just chomping at the bit. He's excited to be there. He's excited to feel healthy. But he is, was also uh, good and happy with the, hey, let's take it slow and let's make sure. The last thing that Jordan Hicks needs is another setback. But watching his stuff, he threw a, a, a pitch. He struck out Jazz Chisholm, uh, I believe it was, on a 102-mile-an-hour sinker that had that epic run that you're talking about. And the, the thing about it is it looks effortless to him. He throws 98 to 102, and everything looks the same, just nice and easy, and the ball just comes out of his hand and explodes. That's a huge weapon. And Jordan Hicks, to me, is going to be one of the biggest challenges, Dan, for Ollie and for Mike Maddox, this entire staff, of how do they best utilize him? Because remember, he was coming into spring. They wanted him to get lengthened out as a starter, and the reason was not necessarily to provide starting depth, but the belief was if they do that and keep him on a routine, that they would be able to keep him healthy. And, and that was the thought, you know. So how do they best utilize Jordan? Dan, I think it's going to be a, a very interesting thing. Absolutely. I, uh, I think, though, the benefit that they may have early on is carrying 15 pitchers. So it's not like you're oh, going to yeah. be pushed, you know, to have maybe back-to-back appearances. And no matter the situation, maybe you don't want to do that. And as the summer progresses, then you would have that kind of situation with uh, Jordan Hicks. A um, couple other things before we wrap this up. And again, wherever you get your podcast, download the Redbird Report 101 ESPN. Brad Thompson, Dan McLaughlin will be doing this all summer long and, and hopefully into the offseason too. But uh, Paul DeYoung, Paul DeYoung is a guy that if he was having a bad camp, we'd be really concerned because this is the guy that everybody said, hey, 
he's got to come back and be the Paul DeYoung that we've seen that's an all-star, hit 30 home runs. I don't think he has to be that, but he's got to be better than he has been the last year and a half. Well, he has been sensational down here in camp. He's got eight runs batted in in the last two games. He's popped a couple of home runs. I talked to Paul at length outside the clubhouse yesterday, and one of the things that he talked about, Brad, was mentally where he's at. He's like, I'm in such a good position. I feel great physically, and he worked out down here in West Palm with a lot of other major leaguers. There's a complex they go to, and it can measure various things with what they're doing with their swing, and he's talked about I'm focused on taking the ball up the middle. I, I was jumping out a little bit too much. If I got a ball inside last year, I'd yank it foul. Now I'm keeping it fair. I'm hitting the ball down the right field line. That's the kind of hitter that I am. And I think most importantly, we, we both know, very smart guy, very cerebral. And to hear that he's in a good spot mentally, that that is also very, very important. Understanding, I think, that the organization in this huge free agency class of shortstop said, no, 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 you're the guy. We we are sticking with you. And I think he's felt that, and it's it's uh, it's paid dividends down here in spring training. Well, it's a huge bet, right, by the organization. Have For all sure. those guys out there realizing you know how game-changing some of them can be, but then also realizing what you have in Paul DeYoung. And, uh, look, I understand that if you're a Cardinal fan, you're listening to this right now, and chances are you're a Cardinal fan if you're listening to this right now. You said, I've seen the last two and a half years of Paul DeYoung, second half of 2019, 2020, 21. Why should I believe in this spring where, as we said today, he's hitting 500 uh, because, you know, it's spring training. That stuff doesn't really translate. And here's what I would tell you. It's not necessarily just about the numbers, uh, although I'm sure the numbers feel good for Paul. It's about watching it. All the adjustments, Dan, that you just broke down. You can see it when you watch him. It's not like Paul DeYoung is pulling off of pitches and they're finding holes. You know, it's it, he's driving the ball all over the ballpark. He's his lower half is working. His timing is good. He's trusting his hands. Like these are all things that when I when I watch his swing, I watched him last year, Dan. Uh, you know, from the booth, we're doing games. And there were times where I was like, I could probably get him out right now because he is getting himself out right now. All the things that you just talked about. He's pulling off of pitches. He's getting pull happy. If you located anything away, you're going to be good. And if you elevated above the zone, you were going to be good against him too because he couldn't stop himself from swinging and he couldn't catch up to any of these pitches. Right now, he's not offering at that pitch up above the zone as much. And the ones that he does, he's actually getting his hands to a little bit. So just think about this again as a Cardinal fan. And I realize what the last couple of years have been for Paul DeYoung. This guy getting back to, let's call quote-unquote normal, okay? And he doesn't have to be the all-star, but it certainly can't look as bad as it did you know, a year ago. It lengthens your lineup. It makes your lineup so much more dangerous. Because if Paul DeYoung is hitting sixth or seventh for you, and he's a threat to leave the ballpark at any given moment, all of a sudden you look at the rest of this lineup, and whether it's Edmund or Carlson leading off, you got Goldie, O'Neill, Arenado, you know, however this ends up shaking out, that's a darn good lineup. And by the way, he's a plus shortstop. So uh, you're right. It would be a huge story, Dan, if Paul DeYoung were not having a good spring, especially because Sosa, he's having a really good spring. He sure is. Three fifty-seven. He's he's got an eight-sixty-seven OPS. I mean, he's been one of your better players. But Paul DeYoung has stepped up to the challenge. I'm super excited for him. But we all know he's got to prove it. Well, we got an opportunity in less than a week. He's got an opportunity to prove it as opening day is right around the corner.
So, Brad, I know one of the things uh, prior to us doing this that you wanted to get into was Nolan Gorman and Juan Yepes. So when you added Corey Dickerson, that probably said goodbye to Nolan Gorman. And then when you got Albert Pujols, that said goodbye to Juan Yepes. So when you look at those two guys, I I thought they were okay, not great this spring. I thought when I watched Nolan Gorman, I I thought that was a kid that was pressing understanding that he's very, very close to being a big leaguer. And I, I thought he was pressing down here. I'm not sure what you thought on that. And then with Yepes, I, I can tell he's got pop. There's no question. I mean, you see it. And he had some loud outs down here. But it's not necessarily the worst thing to see these guys go down, continue to get better, continue to get at bats. And for Gorman, to be quite frankly uh, honest with you, to, to play more defense at second base, I think that needs to happen as well. So, I don't think it's necessarily the worst thing that those guys start at Memphis. I think it's the best thing for the organization. I, I truly do. And, and I, I know being an individual who has been sent out of camps uh, more time than once, it sucks for these guys. It really does. <laughs> Talk about a 24 hours for Juan Yepes, Dan. They sign Albert Pujols. Yippee if you're Juan Yepes. He gets hit in the face with a ball, and then he gets sent out of camp. Like, that's a, that's a tough run right and there. And he but, got stitches. He had three stitches. Uh, I was in the clubhouse I, la- yesterday, and he had three stitches. It's a, it's a tough 24 hours. Okay? It's a tough business, baby. Uh, it is. It is. But you know what? You went from a couple of uncertain things, and not to say they can't be great things, because I, I truly believe in the future of Nolan Gorman. I believe that Juan Yepes will absolutely be a big league bat. But you went to a couple of things, a couple of guys that have track records. Now, we don't have to get into Albert's track record much. Everybody knows it. But you know he he has never been – there's never been a spot that he hasn't been in. There's never been a situation where that guy hasn't held the bat and had pressure on him. So I, I like having that guy around. And the left-handed compliment for the DH and a fourth outfielder in Dickerson, it just made sense. So instead of going with two unknowns in in Gorman and and potentially Yepes, you have two known quantities. And when I say it's best for the organization, first of all, I think those two pieces fit what you have better right now at the major league level. And the second part of that is Nolan Gorman goes to AAA, he's tearing it up, and you have a need at the big league level, then you bring him up. If Juan Yepes is tearing it up at AAA and you have a need, well, then you bring him up. These guys are still in your organization. They still have an opportunity to go out there and grow. And I totally agree with the pressing side from Nolan Gorman and Ollie Marmel talked about that a little bit. And you understand it, right, Dan, as a competitor, this was the first spring that Nolan came in with a legitimate chance to yep, win a job. Nolan for Gorman sure. came in. And if he tore it up, if he was great, uh, and honestly, he had to be darn near perfect in spring to get himself on the 40-man roster and to push his way on. If he would, if he did that, he'd be a part of it. Well, that's a lot of pressure, and that's good. It's good to see him go through that. It's good for him to learn that in those situations, he might have a tendency to try to do different things, to try to press more. How does he learn from that? It's a good thing. Gorman's going to be fine. Yepes is going to be fine, but this big league roster offensively, specifically, it looks pretty good. All right, final thing. Earlier uh, today, Major League Baseball made an announcement, and I am thrilled that they did this. I'm thrilled as a fan. Most importantly, as a broadcaster, I'm thrilled that they're doing this, and it's, it's long overdue. All the other major professional sports are doing this in terms of having the umpires, once they're looking at a replay, 
going on mic and explaining it not only to the crowd that is there in attendance, but also for the audience that is watching the game. Now, in hockey, you see it. Comes over, skates over, you know, Thompson, two minutes for holding, whatever. You get the NFL, they're talking about it. They, they go to the middle of the field, the referee turns on his microphone and says, okay, we're looking at this. Um, NBA or college basketball, having done a lot of these games, the referee will actually come over to the table and say, hey, we're looking at this. This is the rule. This is why we're doing it. Matter of fact, it just happened in the game uh, I was just watching last weekend, and you'll probably see it this weekend with the Final Four. And this is something that needed to happen, and I understand maybe hesitation from an umpire because they're not, you know, media savvy, trained. They don't want to talk and, and speak in a public forum. I get it. But you know what? Tough. This is what you got to do. So some of this stuff is going to be very self-explanatory. Hey, we're looking at, and maybe they don't do this for this kind of play. You know, are you out or safe at first base? But the best example I can give is like the play at the plate. So is he out or safe? And oh, by the way, the other manager is going to challenge because he believes that the plate was blocked. So we're going to look yeah. at that. You know, we're going to look at two things if it leads to that. Those are the kind of things that need to happen to make this sport as easily uh, watchable, if that's the right way to put it, for the fans. So I'm, I'm thrilled that they're doing this and it's the right thing to do. I think you laid it out perfectly, Dan. It, here's what it is for me. It enhances the experience. Whether you're in the ballpark or you are watching at home, you don't want to speculate. You don't want to be sitting there in the stands looking at the guy next to you. He's like, what do you see? What do you think they're talking about? Oh, this is taking long. By the way, a lot of these things take too long. So if we have time to to at least hear from an umpire, see what they're seeing, look at different views of it, 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 it enhances things. It's smart. I agree that I'm sure the umpires don't want to talk to the, the fans. It's a, it's a lot on your plate. I promise you this, a uh, relief pitcher doesn't want to talk to the media after he gives up the game. You got to do what you got to do. Absolutely. It ends up being a part of it. So uh, I can't believe, honestly, it's taken this long to have it happen. I think that baseball is very slow to adjust in a lot of things. But this is a move for the better. I don't see any way that this possibly can backfire when you're just giving the fans and the people in attendance and watching on TV, you're just giving them more information and more clarity as to what's going on. I'm with you, though. I think they need to, to speed it up. I, I, I think it's gotten a little lax that it's taken too long sometimes to get these things done. Would you agree? Yeah, for sure. If it's not, if it's not very obvious then move on. Like if we have to look at 10 different angles to see if a little bit of metal of a spike is still hanging on to the base, guess what? It's not worth it. That's not what this was meant for. It was meant for the egregious ones. The one that I hate the most, Dan, is, is like a steal and the, the guy slides in and then he pops up barely off the bag. He's obviously safe, but then he pops off the bag a tiny bit and the tag is still there. To me, like that's not the spirit of what this was meant for. It's the egregious call. So if you see something, you notice it quickly. Okay, we botched that one. Then great, get it over with. But if you got to look for an hour, forget about it. It's not worth it. Just move on. Hey, buddy, this is uh, always fun to do these with you. You make me think, and that's what I love about doing a, a game with you or a podcast or a show with you. So we'll keep it going throughout the season, and uh, these are always fun to do. 
No, they're a blast. I know we'll at least get one more in before opening day, but dude, this thing is right around the corner. I'm excited for the year. I'm excited for the fans. I mean, everything about this year is going to be special, man. So uh, I, I look forward to it. Absolutely. That's Brad. I'm Dan. Wherever you get your podcasts and download your podcast, add us to your list. We'll be doing this uh, multiple times a week throughout the regular season, postseason, into the offseason, hopefully as well. For Brad, I'm Dan. This is 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Redbird Report podcast with the TV voice of the Cards, Danny Mack, and Cards World Series champion Brad Thompson on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.